You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 468 of Podcateers. This week, Larry gets ready to wade back into the pools of the gaming space. For all of us music lovers, we find a few more Disney vinyl sets to collect. Splash Mountain officially closes to make way for Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Wondrous Journeys gets an end date. Boogie Boogie Bash tickets are going on sale. Apple teams up with Disney to venture into new tech. And of course, our Disney history segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, continues with 1967 and 1968. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join our community. On that page, you'll also find some of our most requested links, including links to Larry's YouTube channel and his Instagram so you can follow his live stream adventures. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. Oh, and by the way, FGP Squad, Larry and Andrew had an opportunity to record a quick shop Disney game uh, after some power issues that we were having while trying to record this episode. So make sure you jump on Patreon or check the link in the Discord channel uh, so you can have a listen for that. So that's it. It is time to get this episode going. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 468 of Podcateers. Hey yo! Well, I think we were start. We originally started with a song. We were trying to. Oh yeah, Larry, oh, Larry, right. Larry, 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 Larry. Yeah, we were adopting peaches for Larry, and nice. we were getting things off, you know, on the right foot, talking about Larry's birthday and everything, and then boom, the power went out. The power sure did. And, you know, it was uh, usually when the power goes out, it's a quick, you know, one or two minute thing. And you wonder to yourself, like, oh, well, the, something must have gone wrong. But I did hear, I have been hearing a lot of fireworks in our area. It is the time of year when people start doing that. And I'm wondering if that had anything to do with the power outage. I'm thankful that it came up as quickly as it did. But I will say that every minute that it was out felt like an eternity because <laughs> I just kept like I felt so bad. I just kept wondering like, oh man, I'm keeping them up later now. Like they're waiting for That's me. That's okay. So we killed some time. So FGP's gonna get a 
uh, something La- La- Larry and I recorded while Hasten's power was out. Right. So on. Uh, be on the look on uh, look out for that on the wherever that goes. Patreon. Patreon. Yay. Yeah, so thank you both for your patience. Uh, I really appreciate you guys doing the little uh, segment for FGP. So that will be up this week as well. Uh, so let's see, Larry. We were talking yes. about your birthday. Uh, you were telling us a little bit about some of the cool new stuff you had an opportunity to get along with uh, your your park visit for your birthday. So why don't we pick up there? Sure. Yeah, I was able to go to the park. It was, you know, best thing I could tell anyone that goes. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of our listeners know this, but always go get a birthday pin on the day of your birthday. Go get a cast member to make it for you. Hopefully they'll do it nice and up and, you know, they'll write your name customized because there's nothing better than going somewhere and just random people telling you happy birthday. (laughs) That's maybe like one of the biggest perks about going to the park. So I had a good time out there. Uh, But, yes, for home, I was lucky enough to be uh, gifted an Xbox One from one of my buddies that I uh, stream with on YouTube in China Explorers. His name's Corey, and Rachel is his uh, fiance. They do a uh, channel too, but they game as well. And like here, uh, I think people want to get me back in the gaming realm. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't get into the PC gaming thing. So they were like, well, your old console days, they decided they were like, we want to get you into this again too. So I was telling Hazen though, I got to make sure to make good with that favor because Number one is Speedstorm. Disney Speedstorm is the one I've been holding off. I just downloaded it. I super stoked. Love it. I look. This is something that I think you're going to enjoy, knowing the legacy of games you came from. You know, back in the old days on on the N64 and stuff like that. Uh, Speedstorm, I think, is a really great place to start off again, right? Because it, if you were a fan of Mario Kart. Or if any Mario Kart, ranging all the way back to like the SNES days, I yeah. mean, growing up with those racing games, I said it when I first started playing this one that I may have found my new favorite racing game. Right? It has all the excitement right. of Mario Kart, but it's got like Disney characters and it's got a <laughs> killer soundtrack and the tracks look amazing. Right? So. This, I think, is going to be a really great step for you to jump back in to gaming. It's going to be really fun. It's super high-paced, man, and at times frustrating as all can be because, you know, gotcha. when you're playing Mario Kart, you got the dreaded turtles that hit you out of nowhere. Oh, this has power-ups that will also get you out of nowhere. And so you might be in, like, first, second place, and you're right about to cross the finish line, but boom, you got hit, and you're in eighth. You lost. You, you don't even get the points for that. So, What are the power-ups that you've been hit with? Like, is there just a you know, standard one? or? So it- here's the crazy thing. So with Mario Kart, you're familiar with the little question blocks, right? Like, you're, yeah. ev- everybody yeah. picks it up. Everybody kind of gets the same power-ups. But the thing about Speedstorm is that they did something really interesting where there are four types of racers. There's speedsters, tricksters, defenders, and brawlers. And so depending on who you're racing with and the type of racer that they are, you got different power-ups. And so they all kind of act differently. Like the tricksters have a power-up where 
they kind of switch your direction where left becomes right and right becomes left when you're driving. <laughs> uh, the brawlers wow. will knock you into next week if they hit you as they're driving by you. Um, Mike is one of my favorite drivers right now because he's got this really cool power where when you hit it, one of the monsters ink doors opens up and he goes through and it like teleports him further down, uh, on the track and he like pops through wow. another door. Uh, so yeah, it really depends on the driver that you're playing as, but, uh, I mean, each one does have two or three that are just for them or for their specific type, but man, it is fun times and, I don't think, I mean, I just, I, w I want more time to play. That's really what it comes down mm. to, right? Because gotcha. the one problem that I seem to be facing now is I have too much to play, right? <laughs> because like my kids want to play one thing. I've been absolutely obsessed with Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I've been sprinkling in some Dreamlight Valley here and there to keep up with the daily Scrooge purchases. Uh, you know, we got a big update for Dreamlight Valley coming this week. They're finalizing this like year long story arc that they've been doing. Uh, and you'll be happy to know that they're going to be doing multiplayer later this year. So that's a big plus. Yeah. I know that that's a lot. Get me. Yeah, I know a lot of people yeah. in the Dreamlight Valley community kind of replaced Animal Crossing as their go to mm. game, you know, as Disney fans. And so uh, I know that that happened to me. And one of the really cool aspects of playing Animal Crossing was the ability to visit other people's islands, you know, take items, gift items, play around, do whatever, right? And so the, the same multiplayer aspect that I think made Animal Crossing so popular is really what Dreamlight Valley has always needed. And in their new, they released like a new roadmap, an updated roadmap for 2023. And so this update coming this week, actually the day that this episode releases, uh, like I said, it ends the year long story arc. We've been getting a lot of hints that Fairy Godmother is coming. And I just have to say also, since we're talking about it, they dropped the final trailer for this a couple days ago. This was not out when we recorded the last episode. All we had were the images that they sprinkled images. on Twitter, on their Discord and stuff like that. And Mel had this theory that she thought like she was getting Maleficent vibes, right? And to me, like everything, all of the clues led to Fairy Godmother and they finally revealed her. And I thought, all right, cool. Like, I feel vindicated. Like, I feel good. But, dude, let me tell you, I looked at this trailer and Mel might be on to something. I think there might be a secret character that they release. I'm not sure if it'll be Maleficent in like her human form, but there is a possibility that we might see Maleficent in dragon form at least to Ooh. end this story arc we're getting a new one later we're getting Vanellope uh, in a month or so uh, multiplayer like I said is coming later in the fall no release date for that but at least to get you back into gaming I think Speedstorm is great right you can level up your characters using daily tasks 
They have weekly tasks. They have a season pass that you can eventually purchase to allow you to upgrade racers and their cars and stuff if you want to go that route. They have ranked player modes so that you play with people around the world. And that's really where it gets fun, right? Because if you're playing with, like, your brothers and sisters, your cousins, your nieces and nephews, if you own the system, you get really good at beating all of them, right? And so, like, you, you dominate. But, man, you get humbled quickly when you play <laughs> online. So yeah, that's been fun. <laughs> yeah, that's been super fun. Uh, plus, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Speedstorm is wrapping up their Season 1 as far as like that was all revolving around monsters incorporated so a lot of the tracks a lot of the themes a lot of the racers that you could unlock were like celia and randall and you know the uh, new tracks and stuff like that all related to monsters inc um and then season two begins i want to say the weekend after this podcast drops and i'm so excited because one of the racers coming in this next wave is Steamboat Willie. So cool. the fact that That's I right can drive, yes, the fact that I can drive as uh, or I can race as uh, Steamboat Willie, the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey has me so excited for this. So uh, it, I, I know that eventually what we want to do is we want to get uh, more racers. So anybody that has Speedstorm, uh, join us over on Discord in the gamer chat channel you can drop your gamer tags for any system that you're on the really cool thing about speedstorm is that you know whether you're on xbox or pc or playstation it doesn't matter it is cross-platform and the fgp squad will be familiar with the way that this is set up because on our uh, happy hour calls we play jackbox games a lot and so the way that those function is uh, everybody goes to a website you punch in a four digit code you punch in your name and you start playing the game online this works very similar you create lobbies and so you share that four digit code with anyone that you want to play with and you're able to play with them cross platform even if you're not directly friends with them so uh, i know uh, we have a couple of listeners in our community that are playing i've shared my codes with them uh members of the fgp squad friends of the podcast i know our buddy jason over in florida has been playing speedstorm like crazy he's way wow. better than me at this point i can vouch for that i have not been dedicating the time that i need to get as good as he has gotten because i'm telling you hogwarts legacy dude i'm like i'm all over that freaking game right now <laughs> Yeah, I hear it's a good one too, Hogwarts Legacy. I don't play these things. It's funny. It's like at my work, there's like a group too that plays a lot of gaming on their PCs. Um, so that's where I hear about these games. But I'm super stoked that the, the whole thing that gets me is, yes, the, the cross-platform multiplayer gaming. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing with everybody too. That'd be awesome. Right on, man. And big shout out to your buddies that ended up giving you the system for your birthday. Plug their channel. Plug uh, how people can follow them as well. For sure. You could go on to YouTube. It's Enchanted Explorers. They do live streaming. They they started their channel earlier than mine. Actually, uh, Corey Saldana and um, Rachel uh, with him do other things that they you could find their links on YouTube. So if you go find them, you'll be able to see uh, technically, I think their YouTube gaming channels are Fireshot 206 for Corey and Posh Mode uh, for their gaming channels. You want to watch that too. 
Right on. And I know most of our listeners are already following you, but, you know, throw your stuff out there as well so that any new listeners can follow you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys, uh, if you come over onto the YouTube platform, you can see me live stream at the park. The schedule has been a little wonky, but I try to do Wednesday and Thursdays, uh, Wednesday or Thursday evenings, and then Saturdays throughout the day. Uh, usually is the schedule. Like I said, it's been a little wonky lately with some uh, family things I've been doing and then also work things, but that's pretty much our go-to. You could find a live stream at least once a week on Goofy Guys Adventures at Goofy Guys Adventures on YouTube. That's where you'll find me. And we have some other content too where we do um, video uploads regarding people's stories at the park. And you'll post when you're live on Instagram and stuff too, right? When you're going. Absolutely. And uh, a big shout out to Podcateers and the FGP squad because we kind of been cross platforming. We share it. That's right. Podcateers share share it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So at Goofy Guys Adventures, then you could find also their stories on my stories when I go live and then on Podcateers too. That's where we go live too. Right on, man. So, uh, yeah, fun times. I always love. uh, I usually I'm unable to join you live. But I always watch once it's posted on YouTube. So I always get to enjoy your adventures. I just wish I was available more often when you're actually <laughs> live. So because I look at the chat and I see people talking. And, you know, when you're watching the replay, you can kind of see what's going on in the chat. And half the time I'm like, oh, I, I, I should have answered that. Oh, I got a bad time tag. And so oh, that's the man. one lament that I have that usually when you go live, I'm in the middle of something. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to rearrange my schedule a little bit so that I can join you more often. Or I'm at the live stream like at 2 a.m. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Instead of going yeah, I'll just yeah. stay outside in the Esplanade area and see how long before they kick me out. <laughs> Here's the toy outside of the Toy Story parking lot. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, it's cool when people push the limit, but when they get so far past the limit that they're annoying cast uh, members, that's yeah. when you're like, oh, come on, man. And that's one of the things I love well, about pushing you guys, the limits right? the store. Yeah, yeah like yeah, that's the store. That's it. Exactly. That's like where I go as far. But I usually, the sweeper train is one of my favorite things to do now that I found because of live stream, which I know it's been out there for a long time, but. Doing that has been really cool. Uh, learning that through, like you said, through fans of watching the YouTube telling me what it was because I'd never done it before. And now knowing that's like part tied to Walt Disney, that's one of the cooler things. So you could catch me there the last ride pretty much at the park. Yeah, it's always cool. Uh, let's see. What do we got? It well, was... Before we move off for games, I want to say oh. because I've been playing this stinking game and I need more friends on the game. So Melissa plays it too. It's called it's Monopoly Go. So if anybody <laughs> listening is playing Monopoly Go, go on Discord and put your number in, and we can be <laughs> friends, and then stuff happens. Or if you're not playing Monopoly Go and you want to, I'll figure out a way to give me a code and it'll give me free stuff i don't know i hear you and mel talking about this all the time like when when we're in the middle of recording or in between segments sometimes like i see you poking around and you're commenting like oh yeah this person just rolled on me I, all right i gotta respond i just i was just playing it while larry was talking a little bit it's so addicting it's like a slot machine or something it's very like it does a lot of you know noises and stuff and i i don't know but if you're playing Monopoly Go, go on Discord, add me on Monopoly Go. I don't know my number or whatever. It's a big, long number, so 
but it's it's so <laughs> addictive. Big long number. Okay. Okay. I might have to jump in on this. I don't know a lot about it, but I remember listening to you and Mel talk about the game and mention something about stealing. Briefly explain it's, this to me because Okay. So it's it's the most convoluted game on the planet and <laughs> I hate it and I That's love it sale. all at the same time. Like <laughs> I didn't make sense for the first like probably week I played it. I was just like I'm hitting this button. So I kind of explain it. So you have your Monopoly board, right? It looks like you're no general Monopoly board. And then there's a big button that says uh, go. I'll show it to you guys here, but no, they can't see it. There's go. And that makes you okay. roll your dice. And so you hit the button and you roll your dice and you go around the board. And you'll land on on the different tiles and you get money. So instead of having to like pay something or do whatever, you get money. Unless it's like a tax thing or whatever, you get you get money. And when you when you get money, you're just accruing money to to build like a little town and so like this <laughs> sorry everybody i just dropped my phone on the keyboard that's fun um Perfect. you get like a, there's like a little town and you try to build the buildings in your little town and once you do that then you just move on to another one and so it's all like accruing money and then like the railroads are special so if you land on the railroads you can either steal money from people or you can <laughs> knock down their little buildings in their little town. And if you knock them down, then you have to pay to rebuild them and all this stuff. So it's it's very, like, silly, and it's just a, it, it's a very time-wasty game. But oh. <laughs> I'm very addicted to it, and I'm sad I've spent too much real money on this. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I have good... So you're not winning real money. You're winning Monopoly money when you're winning. Yes. But you're spending It's all Monopoly money. money. <laughs> yes, I'm spending real money to get more rolls because you get like so many like rolls of the dice per day. Um, he needs okay, friends. To get I more see rolls. what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I just downloaded <laughs> so like, it, uh, but it looks like it's not letting me set up an account unless I link it to Facebook. That's true. Uh, and then if you link okay. it to Facebook, then it'll say your friend Hazen added uh facebook friend monopoly. hazen added monopoly go here's like a hundred rolls or something let me if there's anybody else out there that wants to play monopoly go uh get on the discord and let me know it let me sign uh, up as yeah. a guest let me figure out if i can get a code to send you to play as a guest and then i'll, I'll or i'll set up a fake facebook how about hmm. that there you go that's what you just yes. need just a fake face you know that's gaming. what i'll do Okay, for so all these for stinking all right. games. There to be go. continued. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> to Fazen. be continued. Right? Fakesen. Anyway, that was my my uh, plug for Monopoly Go. Uh, we can move on. Hashtag now. not sponsored. <laughs> I just, since good. we were set not sponsored, but we could yeah, be. Right. <laughs> uh, hey, so I was pretty excited that you mentioned that you got a uh, particular vinyl this week that you know uh, would be cool to talk about because I got an alert for a vinyl that I've been wanting for a really long time as well that finally came back in stock and I finally ordered. So nice. I'm super happy because I had purchased it before as a gift and now it's going to be all mine. And it is the Gravity Falls vinyl put out by I Am 8-Bit. So uh, as soon as I got that alert jumped on had to buy it and uh yeah and then you got a vinyl tell us about that one i did um we've been watching the dr teeth 
the uh, the Electric Mayhem show, Muppet Mayhem. That's what it's called on Disney Plus, and it's just kind of like cemented my love for Doctor Teeth. I've always had like a fondness for him, Zoot in particular. Um, but the show is fantastic, and it's kind of really just like brought out the like, oh yeah, this is great, and they're all funny and stuff. And also watch Muppets Mayhem on Disney Plus. It's a great show. It's very good. But I got they came out with a, a vinyl record. Uh, for the all the songs that are in the show of the uh, with Dr. Teeth and all this stuff. So I got the tar- one from Target. My wife found it. She's like, they have it at Target. And I said, okay. So I ordered it. It's a uh, Target exclusive. It looks like each retailer kind of has a different color vinyl. So this one is like a green, cool-looking... Poison Dart Frog Green is what the color is called. <laughs> That's like a Granny um, Smith green. To yes, me. Like um, neonish. But it's cool. Yes, the the album art is really what I'm, I'm looking at. I'm gonna have to get a frame for this. Um, oh, it's beautiful. It's very cool. Um, I have you know a record player in storage that I will eventually get out and set up a stereo and be able to listen to these. But I have the vinyl now, so. Once I retire. once I can yes when I retire I will get the the record player <laughs> out about the electric uh, mayhem exactly <laughs> just like the show um, but yeah so that uh, I was excited for that looks like you still get them at Target uh, and other places uh, this uh, elusive disc has that purple and blue swirl uh, one looks like different different retailers have different colors but yeah I, I was excited that um, they released that on vinyl right on. Um, as I was kind of just like, they should have a record of this, right? And my wife went on uh, Target and was like, hey, look, it's here. I was like, okay, I'm ordering it now. Please, thank you. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I saw it. As soon as you mentioned it, I went on and I started checking it out. Uh, I think I might pick this one up as well. They have a couple in stock at one of the Targets that's near me. So I might do like mm-hmm. a curbside pickup for one of uh for the album uh, I, I don't know if you saw it but did you see that they also have the Guardians 3 soundtrack and then next month they're releasing the Disney 100 Target exclusive uh, 2 vinyl set I did not see that. I oh, didn't. I, I, just I still haven't I seen down. Guardians so <laughs> it's a crazy uh, good soundtrack I, dude I keep forgetting that that movie has already come out. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so the hundred one looks shiny. Yeah, it's a it's silver. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a pair of silver vinyl. Uh, but the soundtrack. I mean, if you're familiar with some of the Disney compilations that are out for any anniversary, it's pretty much what you're getting here, right? But the majority of the compilations yes. that they've put out especially in the last couple of decades, have all been, or the majority of them have been on CD. So uh, mm-hmm. the fact that, uh, well, CD and digital, right? Because Lo-Fi Mini and stuff like that, I don't think got an official album release. They just did digital releases on Spotify and like Apple Music and stuff like that, right? Or did they do physical do you know? Uh, that I don't know. Um, I think they were mostly just streaming. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Too. Yeah, I mean, we could be wrong, but as far as we knew, I don't remember there being any announcement for them doing any Yes, you physical. can buy it on vinyl. Oh, you can? You can buy it on vinyl. Okay. Yes, you can buy it okay. on Amazon, twenty two ninety nine. Well, that's Purple cool. Purple Orchid LP. That's super cool. 
for a low. That's a mood. great album too, by the way. If you just want really nice chill music to just work to or just relax to, can't like, imagine what it sounds like on vinyl. It, I know yeah, it probably sounds so sweet. good, man. So yeah, definitely picking up the Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem one. Uh, the Disney 100 set doesn't release until July, the end of July, so closer to August. But like I said, if you're familiar with the compilations that Disney puts out, it's really similar. It's got your, you know, When You Wish Upon a Star and Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, Mickey Mouse March, Tiki Room, Bare Necessities, Under the Sea, like all the big songs, right? Especially a lot of songs from the Disney Renaissance are on there. But unless you're like a big LP fan, like a big vinyl fan, you probably own all these songs already. It's more about the collectible and having the vinyl set to listen to them on. Uh, but mm. I, Larry, I, I got to agree with you. I might have the lo-fi mini on digital, but to listen to it on vinyl, tempted. Here's a thing, Hazen, I just too. discovered. So the one you were listing, it starts with Steamboat Bill from Steamboat Willie, Who's Afraid of the Big Wet Wolf, all that stuff. That, there's a alternate track listing if you buy it from Walmart. No kidding. What? There's a sec, there's an alternate track listing. It has a couple different songs. It has, yeah, it has, so this one has Animal Friends with Smile and a Song from Snow White, When You Wish Upon a Star, da 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 Krill DeVille. Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, You've Got a Friend in Me, I See Life from Tangled, Un Poco Loco, uh, Mickey Mouse Club, Alma Mater. There's a separate track listing from Walmart for this same album. So you can get, you can, they can sell you two sets of records, one from Target, one from Walmart. You (laughs) definitely will need to, yeah, because like some of the Encanto stuff, Coco, all of that is not on the Target version. Well, so on the Target version, it's oh, Remember okay, yeah, Me, it's Remember and me, then yeah. we don't talk about Bruno. The Familia Madrigal is not on the Target version. I see the light. I only see on. It looks like the every song version. is diff. Every song is different. Oh, dude, you Except do for have to buy both versions. You'd have to buy both. The only yeah. version, only song that's the same. Oh no, they're all di- every song is different. All different. Oh, when every you wish upon a star Dang. is on both. Oh, oh, you're right. That's yeah. what I was looking at. Yeah. So when you push upon a star, but I think that's. I mean, that's iconic enough that extent, I get it. Right. You gotta exactly. have it on. Exactly. That's the. That way you don't. Oh man. Okay. I guess I have to buy both versions now. <laughs> I gotta buy the Walmart one Dang. too. This is cool though. Like I said, if you're a vinyl collector or you just like and have like a really good record player and a good sound system set up, these are just gonna sound amazing. I don't know if they remastered them or if, or if they're using like original recordings to put these together, but I'm excited. I'm definitely picking these up. So uh, I have to throw a shout out to Tina for finding the Dr. Teeth one because had she not yeah. found that one, I wouldn't have gone down this rabbit hole. So I'm happy that I know about all of these now. <laughs> yes, a very, very uh, good coincidence that the – a uh, series of events that led to us finding a bunch of ex- other things we have to buy now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Including Lo-Fi Mini. Pre-order. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lo-fi I had no Mini. idea that was on vinyl. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's shift over to the parks for a bit here. Uh, Splash Mountain officially closed. 
for those of you that were wondering when that was going to happen and when the transition to the new Tiana version of the attraction was going to happen, it's that's it. It's done. It's officially closed at Disneyland. Uh, people were collecting water, getting yelled at by cast members because they shouldn't be sticking their hands in the water while the boats are in motion. I can tell you that I strongly believe that that water is just going to be recycled and it's going to be used in the new attraction. So if you miss the water from Splash Mountain, don't worry. It'll be the same water for Tiana's Bayou Adventure. It'll be the same. It's it wa- Yeah, water is water. Still stuck in my shoes right. from <laughs> when the last time I wrote it. So I'm good with that. You know, I, I, I feel, I, you know, I understand the people that are are sad that an attraction that they had fondness for is leaving. Many years, too. It's been Many there years. for a while, but I say smell you later, Splash Mountain. Nice. Uh, Splash, I mean, Splash Mountain was in such disrepair. The, uh, I've, I think I've said this on the show before. The You know, the animatronics are from the 70s, like uh, from America Sings. Like, the whole thing needs to be redone. And that, why are we keep, why keep a, a property that is not familiar with most people, uh, except for these are the Splash Mountain characters, as most people know them, into something where Disney has been trying to put more IP in the parks in general. So there you go. All uh all all good. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. I I'm not a fan of the attraction Splash Mountain as an attraction. I don't <laughs> like the big drop. I don't like getting wet. So I will I will ride it every once in a while if I am asked to. Um I can. I'll do it. So I'll ride Tiana when when uh, the Tiana. I should say Tiana's Bayou Adventure when it opens. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for the change. I hope they they do. I I know they're gonna do a good job. I hope the budget is big enough that we get some cool stuff. Hopefully, we get some cool animatronics or something. You know, akin to what we've been seeing overseas. Yeah, I agree. Larry, did you get an opportunity to ride it? before it closed or yeah i did but it wasn't the final closing week i think i wrote it on may the second week of may um i wrote it it was it was basically because we had at that point we were saying we had like a hundred live streams that day so and everybody always wants me to get on it and i'm with i'm with andrew on this one okay i it's it's disconnected to me because the movie that it's tied with i didn't have a lot of a bond to i never watched really and I'm not a fan of owls, so <laughs> <laughs> there's like owls in it, like in there's parts. And then I don't like necessarily getting super drenched on anything on any ride. I don't mind getting a little wet, fine. But man, I got on it once, and I tested fate, and I got the back row as a single rider line. And the single rider line was already at that time starting to fill up. So then I tried to get on uh, for the second time, and I was like, all right. I'm going to take my luck. And I got back on. And when I got on, there was a couple in front of me and they were like, I could see the debate happening. Even though I was live streaming, they're like, I, they first off weren't from here. So I knew they were just like, where are they going to get put? They're going to get put. And they both looked at each other. This couple like, Oh no, we're row one and oh. two. And it looked back to me. I was in row three and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take row one. Oh. And then the picture, which is funny. The boyfriend's like, 
ducking behind me as we're going on the big drop and the girlfriend's like (laughs) (laughs) like losing her mind so yeah shout out they were coming in from wisconsin i believe if i remember right that's why i asked them they were from but yeah they were they weren't there just for splash they were just there a matter Mm. knowing that it was gonna be closing they wanted to get on it and you could tell they were super like scared and i got let's just say i got plenty of splash to last for memories and memories i was drenched that's the most i ever i didn't wear a poncho i just went in and i got soaked and you know <laughs> i could tell immediately hazing because you're talking about the water i'm with haze on this i know they're gonna recycle that water because i'll get on the ride sometimes i could see the water level will change throughout the day mm-hmm. like you could tell like they just recycling the water and when i got on the second time lo and behold front row i could see the water level had lifted a little bit i was like <laughs> oh you know you're gonna, gonna get splashed at that point yeah, yeah, yeah. I had fun, had fun, but I, as I've told everyone, I made my peace. Yeah. I've made my peace. Yeah, <laughs> squishy undies all day is not the way to go, especially on a humid no. or hot day walking around Disneyland. Soggy shorts. So, nope. No I, I'm good. also not a fan of getting completely drenched on an attraction, uh, even on hot days, because you know dealing yeah. with it doesn't squish dry undies like the rest of the day <laughs> is not fun. Uh, squishy socks, yeah. your shoes get all messed up, and you know it, it's mm-hmm. an it's yep. a whole ordeal at that point. But I'm gonna still ride it when it's Tiana. Oh though. yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I'll get so, on. It with I Tiana. mean, for me, I think if you grew up riding Splash Mountain and didn't understand, or nobody ever told you the story of Song of the South, and you had this connection with it, cool. But for me when I learned about song of the South, I understood like the racial undertone of the attraction. It wasn't blatant on Disney's part. Right. But, but at least I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't, but you know, understanding the racial undertone of the attraction, I just, I didn't want to write it on top of not being, not wanting to be drenched all day. Right. So, uh, if people were writing it one more time to see it in its current iteration, uh, I think especially as like podcasters or streamers or anything where we want to talk about the changes and we want to be able to express like this change, this is different, this is what changed, this right. is what it used to look like, exactly. these were the enhancements. Like I think from a historical standpoint, that's why I would have written it one more time, right? But you know, un- like to fight for it and be like, oh, no, keep this attraction. Who cares how people felt about it? Like, I I don't understand that argument. Like, if it if it had those undertones, then I'm glad it's being updated to something that's not. That's just the bottom line for me personally. So uh, I think that, right. you know, writing it again for your memories, if you didn't know that growing up and if you had that connection, and again, to have that, like the legacy look back, right, is what I've I've called it in the past um, amongst friends. I, I think that's fine, you know, one more time. But to fight for it and be like, no, this needs to stay the same. Sorry to tell you, hell no, it doesn't. <laughs> so anyway, Splash Mountain closed. Tiana's Bayou Adventure is coming. It was already hinted at as the attraction was closing. They already had a blurb in the audio track talking about how, you know, Splash Mountain is this and this. It's the home of these people or these characters. But coming soon is Tiana. And, and you know, they had a, a little message there that it's going to be changing. So uh, I, I hope I get to write it. I, I don't know what the lines are going to be like once it finally opens. But I don't know if I want to stand in a four-hour line to get drenched and then be... Uh, 
Squishy oh, it'll be on. Buttons, it'll, but, you, know. you know, it'll be new, so it'll be on Genie Plus. It'll be oh yeah, a la carte. yeah definitely yeah, twenty dollars sure. at least. What are we thinking? Twenty eight dollars. Oh yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, fifty bucks. Why not? Why not? In the oh. middle of summer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. A couple other things look like they are coming to an end. Wondrous Journeys gets an end date August 31st, 2023. If you have not had an opportunity to check out Wondrous Journeys, that would be the last date for you to check it out. That's when everything's going to transition over to the Halloween stuff. So it makes sense that they're getting rid of it at that point. I don't recall if the Disney 100 celebration is going to be going into next year. Obviously, right after the Halloween stuff, we have Christmas, uh, like the holiday parade and stuff like that also going on, which usually goes into the first couple weeks of January. Uh, So I don't know if Wondrous Journeys or any of the Disney 100 celebration stuff will continue into 2024, especially considering that this is the official, you know, uh, 100 celebration year for it uh, i know in previous years that they've done major milestones they've gone two three four years of celebrating for those so i don't know if that's in the cards for this one but if you want to guarantee that you'll get an opportunity to watch this live if you haven't august 31st is when that's going to be when that will be going away uh let's see what else what was the other thing that was closing? I had it in my notes, and for some reason, it's not there anymore. Oh, you're talking Fantasmic, oh, I think. Oh, right. Uh, fan- the comeback. Fantasmic, actually, uh, is closed technically because it had some problems recently. Uh, but it looks like that will be possibly returning later this year in September. The The dates are tentative, but people are speculating that it's going to be after Labor Day Fantasmic wise, I mean, I don't know if that's enough time to really build a new animatronic. I mean, they possibly could, right? Especially if they have spare parts for a lot of the machinery that that happened in the background. But Mm -hmm. given the situation, if you could speculate, do you think, and I don't know what it looks like in the park, Larry, so maybe you can give us some insight as to what the island currently looks like right now. But do you think they're going to scrim it up and we're going to get projection Maleficent, or do you think we're going to get a new version of the dragon, give, like with the whole pyrotechnics and everything that we've had with maybe some new safety measures in place? I think it's a hard one. I think the jury's out. And I'll give you a little tip here at the end of this one, at the end of my spiel. I think it would, I'm hoping for an animatronic to come back, but what it looks like right now, it's been completely for sure dismantled and that area has been covered up there's no um blockage so you could walk over it like you could originally if you were going over to the pirates cove area pirates island that they call it now it used to be called tom sawyer island but um you could still walk in that area that's okay to walk over there but um i just have a hard time believing that they're not going to go with the projection route because hence here comes my tip Right now, a lot of people aren't going over there. And during the summer, 
uh, because of no phantasmic shows, which isn't, it's disheartening, right? But I've been finding great spots to watch the fireworks since you were just mm. talking about them ending. And they do pipe the music through there and they do do projections on the rivers of America. Same projections you would see if you were over by the castle. Now you won't get to see, you know, Baymax, that's a part of the show. Um, or, gosh, why did I just forget it? The uh, ferry um that that goes through uh on the cat by the castle but it's a good spot for projections and i just like hazen said i don't know if they'll be as how this grim would look or whatnot but they are really the projections do look really good in that area and i can see them going with that route just for the for the time being at yeah. least yeah i i mean i think you're 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 completely right i think the projection route is is definitely where we're going to be or the, you know, Maleficent on a stick thing where she goes up in the big, st- on the big stick and she's just up there longer kind of stuff. They used to do that during the, you know, the original version of the Fantastic yeah. when the dragon wasn't working. Right. It would just be like, she's just up there longer and has her big glowy ball that Maleficent has for some reason. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I have a feeling that most of this time has been used to, to get the husk of a animatronic out of there and make sure that all the surrounding infrastructure is safe to uh, do the rest of the show and have people up there and stuff like that. So that would be my guess as well. Right on. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, Hopefully it does come back sometime later this year and you know crossing our fingers that it does come back with an animatronic at some point if it comes back with a projection or if it comes back with like you said the the maleficent version where she's just kind of up there as a temporary solution just so that they have this show running uh i think it'll be cool especially to have a little something extra during the holiday season where it can help with traffic especially when other things are going on on main street but uh yeah i mean if it closes for a little bit longer but we do end up getting another animatronic then also cool right i think fans of phantasmic are gonna be happy either way whether it comes back in some form and you have the show or we get a brand new animatronic you know that's been souped up basically you know for more safety measures and stuff like that so uh only time will tell we'll keep you posted obviously if any news comes up about it uh the other news that came up is that oogie boogie bash tickets will be going on sale at the end of june magic key holders will be able to purchase uh oogie boogie bash tickets starting june 27th and they will go on sale to the general public beginning june 29th uh, around 9 a.m pacific that's usually when disney uh drops the uh, or opens up the ability to purchase these tickets uh, on their website Uh, so at some point if you're in line, you're going to see some sort of crawling taskbar or some little runner guy or something. Running man. Exactly. While you're in the queue. Oogie Boogie Bash, is that something either of you plan on attending this year? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, doing the live stream, I think I, I've you know been going to the park a lot more, but I've missed this event since it switched over when I went in 2019, when it went over to Disney California Adventure. And seeing, you know, the latest iterations of it, I feel like every time I've regretted not getting the tickets since 2019, like when it came back, 
now recently and i'm like i gotta go back and do it because you just never know like we were just talking about wondrous journeys we not 200 percent sure like what could happen to change i mean it is kind of a a downfall when you go and it's the same thing over again you may have saw years ago as in like what's offered but this is one of those ones where it really does set the tone for the season and i i've like i said it always hurt a little bit leaving the park when i knew the parties were going to be that night because i was like Dude, I want to be here for the whole, you know, the whole pajazz of the Halloween feeling, the Oogie Boogie Bastion itself. It just, I'm definitely on board. Probably one of the earlier nights, uh, like in the, you know, September period, probably. Yeah, yeah we'll be going as well. Uh, we didn't make it last year because of a, a snafu with uh, trying to purchase tickets, uh, but we've gone pretty much every year um, since like. 2018 or something like that to the Halloween party um, uh, save for COVID years when they didn't uh, happen. Right. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we will be again. I will probably go in September as well, just because that's when it's cheaper. Yeah. It's cheap. It gets more expensive as you go towards Halloween. Good um, point. So yeah, the, the closer to closer to Halloween, it gets more expensive. Yeah, and it's not like like that much more expensive, but it's like twenty to thirty dollars more expensive on like the Halloween. It can make a difference though, especially if you're doing yeah. it for a family. You know, to give you just a little bit of a price range, tickets start at one thirty four. If you get one of the earlier dates in September, September 5th is the first date that's going to be available. And whether you're going on a weekday or a Saturday or like a weekend, basically, the prices do fluctuate. They do go up if you're doing like a Friday night, Saturday, for example. So on those days, it'll be like 144, 159, and then it'll drop back down to like 134, depending on the day. But once you hit October, the prices will fluctuate anywhere from 159 to 189 per night per person so september is usually a great time if you want to save a little bit of money the shows the the availability everything that happens at these is exactly the same every night that they do it all the same characters come out you have the same opportunities obviously the the one thing that's different is it's closer to Halloween, and if you're a, a Halloween purist, then you know you might want to pay a little bit extra to get that. But uh, I I want to say that the last time that we went was either the last year or the the second to last year before they brought it to California Adventure. Uh, it was like 2018, 2019. I don't remember exactly when uh, we last went, but uh, it was fun seeing it at Disneyland. Uh, the biggest change or the biggest addition that I remember wanting to see when it got brought up to California Adventure were two things. I remember going crazy wanting to see Zombie Cap because I just thought that was a freaking awesome addition when they first brought it. And then last year when they added Ernesto de la Cruz, it just looked so good. Like, just the entire show. That was so under wraps. Buffalo oh, things. man. I like I was watching videos and I was watching people post about it. And I just thought they were two great additions like Sid and stuff like that. Like, cool. All right. Whatever. Right. But those two particular <laughs> characters and it's just nothing against the cast members that, you know, the, the Sid character. But like for me, those were like main no, events. Right. Yeah. Like I thought Ernesto de la Cruz and Zombie Cap when they when they had brought in that character, I think was super cool. So, uh, yeah. So, again, uh, June, 
June 27th and June 29th, respectively, will be the days that you can purchase them if you are a Magic Key holder or general public. And, of course, on the Disneyland site is where you will be able to purchase those tickets. Uh, all right, before we continue, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes possible. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. There you will find a list of some of our top contributors. You'll find a little bit of information about what, what the FGP Squad is all about, a link to our Patreon, and of course, if you have any additional questions, you can always reach out to us. We'll be happy to help you out, answer any questions that you might have. But being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks. You get some discount codes for Podcateers gear whenever we have new gear. Uh, you get access to a special section of Discord specifically for the FGP Squad. You get access to our happy hour calls. You get additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, like the game that Larry and Andrew played, which will be uploaded <laughs> this week as well. So if you have any questions, again, please feel free to reach out. Happy to answer any questions you might have. Best place to join us is over on Discord. If you haven't joined the community there, it's super simple. Podcateers.com slash links is where you will find a button to join us on Discord. A couple clicks, enter your email, create a password, and before you know it, you'll be part of the community. So to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, let's see. Um, big announcement this week from Apple. We're getting, you know, the, the VR space is one that we've talked about in the past. We've talked about you know, virtual reality and augmented reality and how we felt that it could integrate into the park experience or maybe into attractions, right? But this week at Apple's big conference, W... Is it WWDC or WWDC, right? Is, is what Worldwide it is? Developers. Yeah. WWF. E, w, Entertainment, uh, Federation, WWE. no animals, only yes. pandas <laughs> because of wrestlers uh, called sports entertainers, right? Yes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at their conference, Apple announced uh, a lot of things, right? It's when they, they do their, their big drops. But the biggest thing that they talked about was their Vision Pro headset. And the Vision Pro headset, I got to tell you, you know, watching or seeing Oculus and seeing all these other VR headsets that are on the market, which are really geared at least right now, to consumers, right? They're priced at a price point that I think that if you're passionate enough about gaming and really getting into the VR space, uh, like Oculus, for instance, I think is a pretty decent price for what you're getting. But there's a lot of complaints, obviously, about how it makes people feel, uh, how long you can wear it, how long it's comfortable, how close it is to your eyes, and how people quickly or not so quickly adapt to it. And then I saw the Vision Pro headset. So I've learned a little bit about it, but I just want to ask before we get into some of the specifics of the headset and uh, why we're talking about it here, uh, what were your initial thoughts of the Vision Pro headset? Well, for me being the Apple guy, kind of, I use a lot more Apple products. I haven't did a deep dive on this, so I'm not going to say things i can't speak of from where where it is it's 
I've been hearing about this headset for a long time and for where it's at now, that's, it's kind of an interesting place. Cause it's like, well, I want to know that it's well thought out and seeing from it here, it's like, it's the concept seems almost, it, it does seem well thought out. It just seems like almost too much VR that I haven't seen before. But, but at the same time, I'm like, is this more for a VR experience or like a computer user experience? That's the weird part about it when I see it immediately. So that's, that's where I was at. And I, that's maybe I need more time to like watch the full WWDC from Apple, but it was kind of an interesting sale on it. Cause you know, meta as that's the comparison everyone has is like really the VR experience that they're trying to create, right? That whole different VR virtual reality world. And this one, I was kind of like, how does this fit in, in that realm? It's, it is a VR set, but like how much does it fit into that same category? Is Apple trying to do their own thing again? Yeah, great point. Uh, Andrew, as an owner of one of the meta headsets, I know you've talked a little bit about your experience with it, but how would you compare your experience to what you saw in the first look of the Vision Pro headset? Yeah, I mean, it does look a quite bit more advanced than the uh, Oculus or the Meta Quest 2 that I have. Um, it looks, from what I can tell from looking, I was just scrolling through the page for it while you guys were talking, it does look like it has some... Uh, like a better like pass through like it looks like the glass on the front is able to like you're able to just kind of see through it when you're not it's a augment a lot of augmented stuff but with without like the use of camera like if you want to you can do like pass through mode or whatever on the the meta quest 2 but it's a camera that's on the front and it's all grainy and you can kind of look around to see what you're doing but other than that you're not really like interacting with your environment which this looks like that's kind of its whole shtick is a lot of like ar stuff augmented reality you sit in your living room and you see your living room but then there's a big tv there and you watch you know disney plus and then or whatever i don't know um so it does look like it's 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 tailored a little bit more for ar stuff versus like vr stuff i'm sure it will have vr games and things like that uh included or you know able to to download and stuff like that but uh i mean i'm looking at this now and it it has what i can't figure out is it has this cable on it there's the headset i can talk about there's just a cable yeah you can talk about the cable okay talk about the cable (laughs) when you get to it but yeah it i mean again like we've talked about vr before like I, the, the, the website just shows people like a lady folding laundry whilst wearing <laughs> this headset and like doing the dishes with the headset on. I'm like, I, I don't get it. Like it just seems so cumbersome to me. Yeah. And maybe this is light as a feather, who knows, but it just seems like it, the, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's just not for me. I'm too old for this or something. I don't know. Or they're just, or it's like fetch. Like you're, you stop trying to make fetch happen. Like it's mm. not going to happen. It's, it's just like a thing that it's, it's not useful enough for us to like, be like, okay, strap in, you know, strap your headset on yeah. and, and go to town with the VR stuff and AR stuff. So that's me being an old grandpa, I guess. I don't know, but uh, that, that's, that's, 
that I, I tell me about this cord and things. So before I get into the cord, uh, I want to tell you a little okay. bit about just uh, like headsets in general, right? Uh, first of all, I don't have a lot of experience. I don't own one of these. Uh, I've used a couple, but not extended periods of time. So I have very limited experience when it comes to the actual usage of this technology. But uh, I do understand where some people begin to stray away from it because of how it makes them feel when they're wearing something like the Oculus or like the the Quest, right? Um, it's not everyone's cup of tea. So a lot of it, I think, has to do with the depth perception and just the inability to physically feel or see your surroundings when you're in this virtual world. So one thing that I will admit is that over the years, I've... I, you know, years ago, I used to be a hardcore Android fan, right? I used to not like Apple products because of how simplistic they were and the lack of custom, like how much you could customize them. Uh, you know, coming from the Android world, it was really difficult at times to move into the, like the Apple ecosystem because what you can do on an Android in, two or three taps it took you seven or eight on an apple device right but i have to say that i feel like i've come a long way in accepting apple and their products in their in the role that they serve in the world because i'll admit there are a lot of things that they do better than the android platform does and particularly because their devices are optimized to work with the products that they're supporting, their own ecosystem. Uh, the only other company that comes remotely even close to getting uh, that type of support is how Samsung is adapting their phones and tablets and Chromebooks and everything to function and work together the way that Apple's products do. But, uh, you know, one one uh, criticism that I think a lot of just users in general, but especially the Android community has about Apple products is that uh, Apple is really late to the game when it comes to adding features, right? The, a lot of the features that they add, they will always tout as, oh, you know, we, we made this so much better. And in a lot of ways, it never is. It's just the same as it's always worked on Android. It's just now on an Apple device. But this is one of the very few times that I'm going to agree with their presentation. And I think they kind of nailed the first real steps into making this adoptable technology for a more widespread audience. Like this does not feel like an iterative step for Apple. This actually feels like they broke ground. So what you were both were talking about is it does have a lot of AR functionality. And this is something that I've always wondered about because like depth perception in AR has a lot to do with, you know, playing Pokemon Go, right? Like you position a Pokemon and sometimes it looks ridiculously big or small depending on how you zoom your phone or how you walk back and forth. So the fact that this you know, Vision Pro headset is going to be calculating everything with this brand new M12 chip, which has 
I think the M12 chip is in that one, if I remember correctly. I don't know if it's just in the Mac, but it's also in this one. Um, I, I might be the M2. Uh, the M2. That's what it is. Sorry. Um, yeah. It's supposed to calculate everything and be able to give you proper depth perception. The technology that it includes will not only allow you to use your hands, but it's going to track your eye movements, and it will use your eyes to. Uh, to determine what you want to watch, like you move your eye in the direction of a show. This is why we're talking about it, because Disney Plus will be one of the day one apps available on the Vision Pro headset. And so you'll be able to use your eyes to maneuver through the Disney Plus app in order to play things, and it'll play in front of you as if you're watching it on a screen, but you'll also be able to see everything else that's around you. So it won't completely block your visuals, it'll just kind of supplement your visuals. Now, uh, during the presentation, uh, Tim Cook said, hey, you know, we're going to be launching this thing and we're partnering with Disney. And so he threw it to a video of Bob Iger and Bob Iger talked a little bit about celebrating the Disney 100 and, you know, partnering with Apple to bring this technology to life. And then he showed a demo reel of some of the things that they were talking about. And a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in the past when it just came to standard VR technology with like bringing the parades or bringing the uh, events in the parks to people that are unable to go to the park is just one step like it's been one upped, right? Because on the table, like one of the coolest visuals in that trailer was the Main Street Electrical Parade, as old as it is. Yes, they're bringing it back for the 80th time. But a model (laughs) of the Main Street Electrical Parade going across a kitchen counter. I was about to say, but it's never been on your kitchen counter. (laughs) Exactly, like it's never been in your home and your kitchen counter. Welcome back, (laughs) glowing away in the parks, but glowing up in your home. So things like that or... Like he talked about or the trailer talked about like watching a National Geographic special where you're watching a sea turtle swim and you're like in the water with them. You know, I I think it's going to cause some problems for some people, because if you're afraid of the water, you might feel like you're drowning. The visuals might throw your brain off. I think as a society, we haven't yet reached the point where we can fully adopt something like that especially at the price point that this thing is going to be at because it's about 3500 bucks, 4000 bucks once you throw in taxes and all that stuff. 4000 bucks for a headset is definitely more for the tech enthusiast or for uh, companies that want to develop apps and TV shows and stuff like that for this particular headset. I don't think it's consumer level yet, but uh, this is definitely a great step. Now, just getting to the cable, the cable is there because it's carrying a very heavy battery pack that you are required to keep in your pocket while you are using the headset. Uh, unlike other headsets that have an internal battery and you just charge the headset itself, in order for it to process and do what it does, it needs this humongous battery pack. And so... In order to save your neck muscles and not have your head topple over as you're watching something, they just have this long cable. Can that be altered in the future? I think so. 
I think, you know, mm -hmm. lithium batteries and stuff like that will eventually get to a point where even processing power won't require as much power. Apple's pretty good at creating products that are more energy efficient than a lot of other uh, products out there. So will it get better? Absolutely. Is this consumer grade right now? Not at all. Not at all. But I'm so excited to see what they're going to do. If Disney Plus is just going to be Disney Plus, all right, cool, whatever, right? You're watching TV shows on a headset or whatever. But the ability to see all those 3D models, I'm going to have to put this video on Discord so y'all can see it because I'm telling you, the visual of the parade is what sold me alone on this thing. Everything else kind of cool right having the little pop-ups around you like this is probably the closest thing to ready player one that we're ever that we've gotten to date right <laughs> this is the closest that's what thing. i thought too but and as a matter of fact in the trailer it almost looks like they're mimicking the scene from ready player one <laughs> where it he's like, like putting that. on yeah. the headset right um it did remind me of when i felt like they were doing this like there's a moment from what I compare to as an Apple fan, not to get too off track here, is people felt like when Steve Jobs debuted FaceTime, it was like oh, seeing yeah. something from Star Trek. Yeah. And it felt like watching this was seeing something from Ready Player One, which has technically never been a real thing. And someone made it out of a book, it made it in a movie, and now it's a real thing maybe coming to, you know, your a, a, a person's hand someday. So that's the crazy part. And a little insight too. The reason why the battery is like that is because the only reason this item probably didn't launch a year before is because of the heating issues it was having because of the rendering and processing. People were saying if they put the battery anywhere near your head, you would just get too hot because it's got lithium yeah. batteries in there. And then, you know, you got your own body heat. So that's why it ended up on a on external cord, the battery. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it probably saves, like you're saying, saves your neck. I mean, I know, you know, batteries no can be small, but if they could make it as light as possible, that's probably going to help the experience overall. Like, I think I would rather have a cable and if it's feather light on your face, that'll help with, you know, your fatigue of having a big heavy thing on your face. So if it can be as light as possible, you know, put all the processing off into a pack. Yeah. And then you just have a screen and a cable and it be, you know, as light as like a pair of glasses or something at some point. Then that I think is where they need to get to, you know, if they if the processing and everything was was in your pocket and then that's on your face, that's lightweight. That's I think where where it might go who knows i'm so glad you said that <clears throat> because that's exactly what i wanted to talk about that th i think the next version of this needs to be in your pocket because in your pocket most people already have an iphone and mm -hmm. if the next iphone can have an m2 chip that is in the headset and the phone is doing the processing and the phone is the one using the brunt of the battery and the phone is the one that's augmenting everything but the cable only supplements what the visual is that's how you make it light that's how you make it more consumer friendly because all the power is on the phone it's not on the headset itself now obviously i know that what apple is probably leading to is a world where maybe the headset replaces the phone, 
right? Maybe they want to go into a world where everybody's walking around with one of these headsets and it's, <laughs> you know, it's helping. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, like this, this goes deep, man. I, I know that a lot of people uh, that have like glasses on will say like, oh, I can't use a VR headset because I got glasses and it feels weird. Like it, it's uncomfortable. Well, Apple thought of that too. And you know what they did? They got together with Sony and they made Zeiss lenses that you can adapt into the headset for people that wear glasses so that the headset becomes your glasses into the real world and it becomes this VR slash augmented reality headset. Like that's that's how deep Apple is jumping into this, which is why I think they're just looking to replace the phone with the headset in the long run. I think we're, we're years away from people adapting that or adopting it as the norm, right? But it's definitely where they're going. But at least until we get there, the iPhone is the way to supplement it. Make a consumer like mm-hmm. friendly version that doesn't have all the computing power. The computing happens on the phone, plug it in, and all you have are the visuals up top. That's how you get people used to it. That's how you get people to adopt it for a lot less, you know, in, in the long term. Uh, because going to, if, if Disney's going to partner with them, it's a fantastic way. Like, I can imagine a, a world where. I mean, maybe not everybody's going to be wearing this, right? But think of the times where you've wanted to watch a parade, but it's super crowded and you're in the back. If you're, let's say we got to a place where the glasses or the headset wasn't as big as it is right now. Let's say it was more glasses level, more consumer level, something like what Google Glass was supposed to be and stuff like that, right? Let's say we bring it down to that Mm -hmm. size and you're in the back, but Disney already partnered with Apple and it knows your location. It knows it's using Apple beacons or whatever technology and the glasses will essentially remove the people in front of you using VR and augmented reality and show you an up close like visual of the parade that's coming down Main Street. How dope would that be if all of a sudden everyone disappeared and you're the only one? Like, of course, you're in a crowd, right? But what if the augmented reality could supplement your visual and you saw nothing else other than the parade? It wouldn't matter where you're standing. You wouldn't have to put an iPad over someone's head or sit a child on top of you because all they would have to do is pop the glasses on and you could watch it. Like, how awesome would that be? That'd be Crazy. pretty great, yeah. I mean, it's it gets into the thing where it's like, are you watching the thing? Like, what's the difference between you watching it there and just watching it at home? Ah, kind another of great like, point. It's... It's, you know, it's kind of, you know, the the thing we're dealing with AI and stuff like that, too, and all the all the different things that change in experience. Yeah. So so I can I can see the benefits and and I can see some drawbacks and I can see, you know, just some weird stuff. So, uh, again, like you said, I mean, we're still ways away from this becoming the norm if it ever happens. Um but I, I, again, I, yeah, unless, unless they're very, very lightweight where I don't have to, if they can be more glasses, like where I don't have to put a strap around the back of my head to do this, that's when I start getting more on board with this stuff. Cause, cause I could be like, okay, you know, it's time to, you know, you know, I just want to lay on the couch 
and sometimes you want to lay in the couch and put your head and look at the ceiling, but you also want to watch TV. Like, okay, that's where you slide the glasses on, Mm -hmm. boom, then you don't have to hold a phone, you don't have to do whatever. There are some, some good, you know things for this but again the the put the strap is the biggest drawback for me at this point so again we're 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 a ways away from i think where it's uh andrew friendly but uh i'm if i ever get the chance to to try one of these on i definitely will yeah because let's be honest how many of us have been watching something on our phones over our faces and you start falling asleep and whap like it smacks you in the face. Come on, don't lie. Like once a week. Don't lie. It's happened once a to week. All I of do us. that. Andrew just dropped his phone. Just trying to show us something. Yeah, I drop my phone right? all the time. Yes. So happens. I'm gonna post the video on Discord. Check it out. We'd love to hear your thoughts. How far away or how light do you think the technology has to be for you to adopt it? If if price wasn't an issue, would you adopt it as it is now? You know, is it something that you want to see? Do you think it could augment your experiences? Uh, I I keep falling back on using this technology for stuff we talked about in the past where, you know, you have people in the hospital that can't leave and want to be able to enjoy these experiences and to be able to augment their experience into something that they can enjoy from from their hospital bed man i just you know i i just i they got the make-a-wish foundation that they've teamed up with they just gave them windows on main street imagine if this tech was ready for the kids that can't have a wish that allows them to go to disneyland i'm telling you like it has so many possibilities and this implementation is by far the best version Yes, I am not a 100% Apple fanboy, but I am telling you now, this is by far the best application of this technology that we have seen to date. So leave your thoughts, join us on Discord, watch the video, let us know what you think. All right, I think it's time to begin the wind down of this episode. And of course, as we celebrate Disney's 100 years of wonder, we like to end our episodes with a little homage to the Disney company with a little segment we call Great Moments with Mr. Andrew with the great Mr. Andrew. Hey, hey, ho, ho, that's me. Greats, uh, you know. That's a that's a little uh, strong of a word. We'll say we'll say the okay, Mister Andrew. But you know what? If you want to call me great, I guess I'll take it. But anywho, Très fantastique. The years <laughs> there that they'll <laughs> accept that. Uh, the years I'll this week that. are 1967 and 1968. Uh, for films in 1967, the feature films released uh, February 8th: Monkeys Go Home. March 3rd, The Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin. Uh, March 17th, Mosby's Marauders. Uh, June 11th, a re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, this is the fifth time it was released in celebration of its 30th anniversary and in memory of Walt Disney. Uh, July 12th, The Gnome Mobile. Uh, October 18th, Charlie the Lonesome Cougar. And also The Jungle Book, which is the last animated movie to go in production during Walt's lifetime. Uh, and November 30th, the premiere of The Happiest Millionaire. Uh, for TV in 1967, there were 18 episodes of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color to air on NBC. Uh, for the theme parks in 1967, on February 14th, the Pirates Arcade Museum opens in New Orleans Square. 
Also in February, in the Florida legislature, a film made by Disney is shown to explain the reason for Disney having its own government uh, on Florida property. On March 18th, Pirates of the Caribbean opens at Disneyland. It includes 119 audio animatronic figures, 64 human, 55 animals. The whole attraction costs about $8 million to build. Uh, also opening this day, the Blue Bayou restaurant opens. Uh, in May, the Florida legislature approves the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which would give Disney uh, the power to uh, have an independent municipality. And on May 12th, Florida's Governor Claude Kirk signs the legislation creating Reedy Creek, uh, enabling Walt Disney Productions uh, to operate Walt Disney World. On May 30th, groundbreaking begins in Florida for Walt Disney World. On June 15th, Club 33 opens at 33 Royal Street, Northern Square. On June 25th, the Circle Vision 360 Theater reopens in Tomorrowland. The updated film, America the Beautiful, is shown. On July 2nd, Tomorrowland at Disneyland reopens following a complete redesign and rebuilding. Attractions include the Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant, the Carousel of Progress, and the People Mover. On August 5th, Adventures Through Inner Space opens in Tomorrowland using the Omnimover ride system. And on August 12th, the former Rocket to the Moon attraction is redesigned and opens as Flight to the Moon. Other notable events of 1967... Roy Disney asks Clark Bessie, president of Bank of America and a Disney board member, to become president of Walt Disney Productions. Uh, Bessie declines. In June, Roy decides to remain president, CEO, and chairman of Walt Disney Productions. He recommends to the board of directors that Don Tatum be elected executive vice president administrator and Card Walker be elected executive vice president operations. The board accepts his recommendations. Uh, also, Ron Miller and Roy E. Disney are elected to the studio's board of directors. Uh, Roy O. Disney declares the official name of Florida's project Walt Disney World. Uh, this is his last official act as CEO. Uh, birthdays for 1967. January 24th, Phil Lamar. February 19th, Benicio Del Toro. July 16th, oh, all right, June 13th, Fred Tastascore. July 16th, Will Ferrell. July 18th, Vin Diesel. Uh, August 8th, Lee Unkrich. August 22nd, Ty Burrell. September 6th, Macy Gray. October 10th, Michael Giacchino. Uh, October 28th, Julia Roberts. December 13th, Jamie Foxx. And deaths in 1967, October 3rd, uh, Disney legend Pinto Cloving. That brings us to 1968. Uh, for films in 1968, we have February 8th, Blackbeard's Ghost. March 21st, the one and only genuine original family band. Uh, June 26th, Never a Dull Moment. December 20th, The Horse in the Gray Final Suit. And December 24th, The Love Bug in a limited release. For TV in 1968, there were 21 episodes of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color to air on NBC. For the theme parks in 1968, Dick Nunes becomes Vice President of Operations for Disneyland. Mark III trains are added to Disneyland monorail system. And a St. Patrick's Day parade is held for the first time at Disneyland. Other notable events of 1968... NBC Vice President Thomas Sarnoff proposes to Disney a touring roadshow featuring life-size Disney characters. Disney likes the idea, and it later becomes Disney on Parade, uh, 
1969. So we'll talk about that next week. On May 24th, a resolution of the U.S. Congress recognizes Walt Disney for promoting conservation and international friendship with a Congressional Gold Medal. Astronaut Walter Shira carries a Ingersoll Timex Mod Mickey Mouse watch on the Apollo 7 spacecraft uh, orbiting Earth. On September 11th in Marshland, Missouri, the United States Postal Service issues a six-cent postage stamp for uh, the first stamp honoring Walt Disney. Uh, Roy Disney retires as president of Walt Disney Productions. He appoints Don Tatum as president of Walt Disney Productions. Roy also appoints Card Walker as executive vice president and uh, COO. Uh, on December 14th, the Board of Directors of the Sierra Club authorizes the filing of a lawsuit against the U.S. Forest Service to prevent Disney from the proposed Mineral King Ski Resort. Birthdays in 1968. January 2nd, Cuba Gooding Jr. January 22nd, Guy Fieri. February 12th, Josh Brolin. February 18th, Molly Ringwald. March 30th, Celine Dion. July 24th, Kristen Chenoweth. August 4th, Daniel Day Kim. September 4th, John DiMaggio. September 25th, Will Smith. October 12th, Hugh Jackman. Oh, I'm sorry, Hugh Jackman. Uh, November 18th, wow, uh, Owen Wilson. And December 3rd, Brendan Fraser. Uh, the deaths for 1968, uh, March 30th, Bobby Driscoll. And December 30th, Disney legend Bill Titla, Titla. I always screw up his last name. I'm sorry. Vladimir Bill Titla. I'm sorry. I'm screwing that up right at the end. But uh, the greatest animator that ever lived by uh, his peers, uh, Bill. Uh, so that is a great moments with uh, me, Mr. Andrew, even though I did fumble a bunch of stuff at the end there. But anyway, there it is. 1967 and 1968. Wow. Today, fantastic. Titla. I think it's Titla. Titla. T-Y-T-L-A. Yeah. 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 Sure. I didn't know George of the Jungle was born that year, so that's cool. Yeah, and a huge Ackman. Yeah, a huge Ackman. Nice. All right, that's it. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Larry, remind everyone again where they can find you and how they can follow your adventures and live streams in the parks. Thanks, Hazen. Thanks all the Podcateer viewers that jump in, and especially those FGP squad members. You could, For those of you maybe listening the first time, you can watch me on YouTube at Goofy Guys Adventures, looking up Goofy Guys Adventures. Um, and like I said, uh, we'll be live Wednesday or Thursday evenings and Saturday start the day on our regular schedule, but hit that notification bell while you're there. So then you're notified on the YouTube app if we do have an off live stream point. But like I said, too, it's usually at least once a week and we do giveaways and we love to have you guys in the live chat as there's lots of Disney fans just like you on here listening right now. Right on. If you don't remember those links, the fastest way to get to all of them is podcateers.com slash links. There you'll find some of our most popular, most requested links, including links to Larry's YouTube channel and his Instagram. So you can follow him there. And that's it. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. See ya. Adios. Part of the Podcateers Network.